Julie Ryan, noted psychic and medical intuitive, is ready to answer your personal questions, even those you never knew you could ask. For more than 25 years, as she developed and refined her intuitive skills, Julie used her knowledge as a successful inventor and businesswoman to help others. Now, she wants to help you to grow, heal, and get the answers you've been longing to hear. Do you have a question for someone who's transitioned? Do you have a medical issue? What about your pet's health or behavior? Perhaps you have a loved one who's close to death and you'd like to know what's happening. Are you on the path to fulfill your life's purpose? No matter where you are in the world, take a journey to the other side and ask Julie Ryan. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Ask Julie Ryan Show. I am Julie, your host, and I'm so delighted you could join us this evening. My intention in doing this show is to provide information, insight, and comfort to people all around the world by helping to answer life's unanswerable questions. And been a busy week here in Birmingham for our family. My husband, Tim, had surgery on Tuesday unexpectedly, but he is home, spent a couple days in the hospital, and he's home and is a bit uncomfortable, but is very grateful for narcotics <laughs> at this stage of the game. And, uh, and I'm doing my best to be a good nurse. So we're getting him all healed up and ready for the holidays. And, and uh, what a busy time of the year. I know all of you are busy as we are here too. So I appreciate you all taking time. To, for those of you that have called in, I appreciate you joining us this evening. And for those of you listening, I appreciate you as well. So let's go ahead and get the show started. And we've got several callers who've joined us already, and, and we'll go ahead and go to them. I believe our first caller is Deborah Joe. Hi, Deborah Joe. Hi, Julie. How are you, babe? I'm doing great. Terrific. Please tell everybody where you're calling from. I'm calling from Jensen Beach, Florida. All right. And we are having a little cold snap, as you guys did in Alabama, and we are enjoying this cold weather by having a fire in the fireplace without having turning the air conditioning on. <laughs> I love it. Well, we have six this is our normal, our normal procedure. We had six inches of snow last week. It was hilarious. Just yeah, it, it has been really funny. People in Florida do not have clothing for cold weather like this. So you see people right. bundled up in ta beach towels, um, the craziest outfits when you go to the store. It's really fun. Well, I never wear socks. And my grandmother, when I'd go back to Ohio, because I lived in L.A. for a really long time before I moved here mm -hmm. and. I don't wear socks out there either. And so I'd go back to Ohio. I didn't even own any socks at that point. And I'd go back to Ohio and my grandmother was, oh gosh, in her 90s, probably 80s and 90s throughout that time. And she'd say, why don't you have any socks on? Are you crazy? And I'm saying, well, I'm, you know, it's not like I'm walking out in the snow without any socks on, but it just used to make her nuts. So I know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, good. Well, are you all ready for the holiday? Absolutely. We aren't doing presents this year. We're doing experiences. So oh. it's a lot of fun to plan. We all have too much of everything and there's nothing that we want or need. So we've decided to do experiences and that's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, I, I asked one of my grandsons that for his birthday. I said, do you want a birthday present or do you want, a, um, we call them Mimi adventures? <laughs> uh -huh. I'm, Mimi, I'm Mimi to them and yeah. I am I. And I said, uh, do you want a Mimi adventure? Do you want an experience? And he said both. I said, okay. Oh, he is so smart. Yeah, really. He's, 
he's 10. So, so I think we, we uh, stopped it at um, Toys R Us on our way home from the Mimi experience. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Did you have a question for me? Well, I have two things. The first thing I wanted to um, just to tell your listeners about what you did for me and my Aunt Joyce, because I don't think that a lot of your callers call in and ask about specific health issues, but I don't know if everybody knows about what you do when someone is on their deathbed, how you coach, how you coached me through that 12-day experience and how you knew more than the doctors did. You knew more than the hospice people did, and you certainly knew more than I did. And the way that you coached me through that gave me such comfort and such um, relief and such knowledge that I really wanted to call and thank you again for that and to let your listeners know that that's one of the services that you provide um, when you have a private consultation, then then that's what you do. And for me, I go back over those text messages that you sent me all the time. If I feel a little wobble in my day, I just go back to those text messages and see how you coached me through that difficult time. It's almost like you're coaching me through any difficult time because I kept those text messages that that you answered my questions on a daily and sometimes twice daily basis when we we thought my aunt was going to die, but then she didn't, and then we thought she wasn't, and then she did, and you told me every step along the way what was happening. Oh, well, it's such a privilege, and it, and it was such a privilege and an honor for me to work with you, Deborah Jo, and and. Uh, uh, as you went through all of that, because it's so heart-wrenching to go through that and the waiting and all, you know, oh my gosh, it's just exhausting and it's emotionally exhausting. And I know you were traveling. And so when you first texted me, you said, should I buy a ticket? Should I go up? Should I, what should I do? And you said yes. And I did. I, and I am a cheap girl. So I'm always seven days in advance. And when you said you need to go ahead and get your ticket and you need to go ahead and get up there. And, and that when we, when I went up there, I was the closest of Ken. So I had Mm -hmm. other duties to perform as that duty. As, and then my mother and son, who are also members of this family, very close members to my aunt, were traveling across the country. And so I wanted to be there so they didn't have to rush back and cut mm-hmm. their trip short. Mm-hmm. And you would say to Aunt Joyce, is it okay if Doris and JJ are not there? And she would tell you, yes, it's okay, Debbie's here. And she said that to me many times during the time when she was coherent. She would say, it's okay because you're here with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we try so hard to make the right decisions, if there even are right decisions. And what I find is that if I... If I'm working with a family, I can communicate with the person who's dying, whether they're coherent or not, whether they can communicate or not. I can communicate with them telepathically and give the family information that really helps you make decisions that that are not easy decisions as far as travel and taking time off work and plane flight. And, and having everybody gather around. Yeah, yeah. Having family so. come in from all over. 
Right, right. So, well, thank well, you for I those kind words. The other thing that I really, um, in that hard situation, what was so wonderful for me is I felt like my dad was there with me. And you would say, oh, your dad is there with you. And you would tell me things about my dad being there. And then when when Aunt Joyce was at the very end, and I just looked at this in the text message today, you said, your dad has moved to the foot from the back of the line to the foot, and it will not be long now. Your dad is ready for you to finish this suffering, and, and ta- he's, he's taking, he's, he's moving Aunt Joyce onward and that's what was it three hours before she died then she finally mm-hmm. died mm-hmm. and I and, had goosebumps just you even just reading that I had forgotten that actually yeah remember um, that because you said this is very unusual because your dad and it's so funny because I felt my dad with me all the time and mm-hmm. there was a whoosh that morning and I that must have been when my dad went through the line to the mm-hmm. to the foot of my aunt Joyce because that was earlier that morning and that's when you said to me your dad is at the at the foot out of the line so he is mm-hmm. um, facilitating this journey onward mm-hmm. and Joyce was your dad's sister right yes yes yeah and what what did there were, talking and there about? were only two of them there were they were the only two kids and mother died when they were when my dad was 14 and aunt joyce was 10 so they only had wow. each other to rely on for many many years wow. and i'm the only child of my father and my aunt only had one child so it was very small family immediate family lots of cousins and second cousins but as far as really close close family we were it Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what Deborah Joe's talking about, about her dad's spirit getting out of the line, if you go to my website, AskJulieRyan.com, and click on the button that says the 12 phases of transition, you'll see that whenever any of us is dying, whenever any human is dying, we're surrounded by our deceased loved ones and angels who help facilitate us going back into non-physical and, and facilitate our spirit detaching from our body. And this, these angels start out in a circle around the person who's dying, and then they open up into a horseshoe and eventually a straight line at the feet of the patient. And in your aunt's case, as in everybody's case, the parents, closest deceased parents or maternal relatives, like maternal grandparents, maternal great-grandparents, mm-hmm. whoever's deceased, stands at the feet. And... I'm remembering now what happened since you've reminded me I'd forgotten about it. Your dad, normally other family and friends are behind this line of angels, and it's like this line of demarcation between non-physical and and the physical, the human reality. And your dad came and got in that line of demarcation, which I had never seen before. Um, and so he was very involved. And that would make sense that he was as close to her as anybody else, perhaps anybody else ever, because mm-hmm. her, her mom died so early. And was their dad living while they were growing up? Or Yes, but he worked out of town. He was a lineman. And so he worked out of town very often. And, and they, they had five spinster aunts. And the oh, ants were the ones that kept kept them and, and raised them. Oh, gosh. Wow. Well, all this information, too, <clears throat> excuse me, about what happens is in my book, everybody, which is called Angelic Attendance. And, 
And I always, whenever anybody has a loved one who's dying, I suggest that they get the book because what I find is just having this information helps bring comfort and peace, which is what you're talking about, Deborah Jo. So much comfort. I read the book on the plane on the way up there, and yeah. I, I, every day I went back and read something else, and if I had a question, I'd look it up in the book, and, and I, it was so com- it was the most comforting guide that there is on the planet, and if you have, as listeners of this show, if you have someone who is close to you who is dying, it will help you get through that very hard situation. And also for people who've lost a loved one, too, I find that that just having that information is comforting when they understand that their their loved one was carried off to heaven by angels and deceased relatives and friends, spirits. And the book is really a fast read in it. You read it, what, in probably less than two hours. Right. And it's, and it's, um, it's heartwarming. It's not... Yeah, it's not scary or or sad or any of that. If anything, no, it's very it's, comforting. Yeah, and it's um, it 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 in parts it's even kind of funny. I think some of the stories. And are I'm very there. visual, so for me to be able to see it helped mm-hmm. me because mm-hmm. all of your diagrams of all the twelve phases. When you imagine that, and when you told me, I can't remember which phase it was, you told me Aunt Joyce was in that phase, and that was the phase when the pets were there, and Uh she kept calling out to Jack, which was her dog, who had died Uh many years before. She would say, Jack, I see you over there. I see you sitting over there. You come over here to me. Come over here to me, Jack. Come on over. I see you there. And she was saying that that as she was dying. Yes, yes. Oh, she was she was not conscious to us being around her, but she knew Jack was there. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. The, it is the sweet. Pets, it's so the, wonderful. The pets, um, you know, they, they start to arrive in phase seven, and, which is about halfway through. And the reason why so many people and actually all the hospice material and, and uh, hospitals, if somebody's in the hospital and they're dying, it's they, the caregivers will say to the family, expect your loved one to talk about deceased family and friends that they're seeing. They'll probably say they're seeing their parents. Some people even say they see Jesus or Buddha or some other religious figure. And um, they say that's very, very common. And I think most of us believe that that grandma's just hallucinating. Well, grandma's not hallucinating. Grandma has one foot in non-physical and one foot in our physical world. And so they can see, as the person gets closer and closer to death, they can see spirits that just look like holograms of, of what their loved ones look like and their pets look like when they were in physical, when they were alive. So, um, well, thank you so much for calling and sharing that. What a sweet thing for you and to I do. Have one- I have one other question. Now I have a question okay. on a totally different matter. Yeah, yeah. What's that? When you were at the Joshua Retreat at Club Med in Florida, you yeah. we had a private consultation, and you named my spirit guides. Okay. And my financial guide names, I talk to him all the time, but he does not talk to me. He doesn't talk back to me. So I need for you to ask him a question for me. <laughs> okay. And what's his name? Stanley is what Stanley. you said his name was, okay. which is funny because that's one. Of, I love that name. Yeah, that's a riot. 
All right. And, and the reason and why I, I don't rem- the reason why I don't remember all of this stuff until you bring it up is because when I'm communicating with spirits, I'm in a different reality. So it's not going into my physical memory bank, but as soon as you say something to me, then I can recall whatever we talked about or whatever, but I don't and actually it ends up being advantageous for me because I don't don't want all this information on everybody that I talk to, you know, all my consults and everybody I answer questions for in my my memory bank. But if you bring it up to me, I'll remember it then. So what's your question for Stanley? I have become very interested in cryptocurrency and I got lucky in buying many of my first coins when they were very low. And so from about a $4,600 um, investment, I have over 100000 $102,000 in <laughs> cryptocurrency right now. Wow. I know, it's freaking me out. But I have found some new coins that I am interested in, and I would like to know if it would be in my best interest to take $8,000 that I just got from a cash payment and invest in cryptocurrencies that I have been studying. Uh I'm getting a no on that right now, Deborah Jo, but I think the question's too broad. Spirits are really okay. liberal, so let's let's refine down the question. And and I know that the way that you asked it, and everybody, especially for first time listeners, whenever we're asking something that's a future event, I always find if we preface whatever our question is with, "Is it in my best interest to," and then and then come out with the rest of the question. That's going to encompass all variables that are in future events that can affect an outcome. And our brains aren't, we, we don't have the capability, our human brains don't have the capability to figure all this stuff out. So, so let's refine it down. Is it in Deborah Joe's best interest to invest, what did you say, $8,000? Yes. To, to invest $8,000 in what's the particular coin? I ought to. I... O-T-A. Is it in Deborah Joe's best interest to invest $8,000 in IATA? I get a yes at this moment in time. But let's, okay. let's refine it down even further. Is it in Deborah Joe's best interest to invest only $8,000 in IOTA cryptocurrency? I get a no. Wow. Okay. See where I'm going with this? I mean, we can get as specific as we can. Okay. Is it in in Deborah Joe's best interest to invest less than $8,000 in IOTA? I get a yes. Is it in Deborah Joe's best interest to invest more than $8,000 in IOTA? I get a yes. So I think you're getting a yes all the way around in this IOTA, but I also think that that $8,000, you know, you may want to look at that. I don't know. Now, so Stanley said yes for more than 8000 Well, I'm not just asking Stanley. I'm asking everybody. So Okay, we, they said more. They said it's okay it more, like, it's okay less, it's okay 8000 Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, then so, I think we have picked a good one. Okay. Well, okay. So, total disclaimer, anybody that's listening. I am not a financial advisor, and Stanley is only talking to me. So, let's ask Stanley, your financial advisor, is it Endeavor Joe's best interest to invest $8,000 in IOTA? Now, let's be more specific. Tomorrow. 
tomorrow on December, what's tomorrow, the 15th, tomorrow on December 15th, 2017, yes, put a stopgap order on it. Stop. Okay. Order. Okay. Awesome. He came in with that. So, okay. And, you know, and I had gotten that before for you in investments. You know, you always want to put a stop loss order on it. And, and everybody. And I did that. I did that after you told me. What that means is that if you buy a stock and the, the price starts to plummet, it's going to sell at a certain price. Automatically. It's automatically going to sell at a certain price so you don't lose all of your investment. And um, so you always want to have that on any kind of a, you know, any kind of investment in the stock market. Okay. So I hope that helps. Let us know how much you make. Okay, off. I will. <laughs> Thank right. you so much, Julie. Okay, I look, I look forward to seeing you in person in Las Vegas in April. Sounds good. Okay. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, that was fun. Oh my God. That's a heck of an investment. 4,600 bucks up to 102 grand. Holy mackerel. Wow. Wish she would have called and told us that earlier. <laughs> okay. Our next caller is Lydia. Hi, Lydia. Lydia, are you with us? Oh, yes. Let me get you off. Hi, there you Hello. are. Hi, Lydia. Hello. Yeah. Hi there. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Okay, Please so tell everybody question, where you're calling from. Tell everybody where you're calling from. New Jersey. New Jersey. Okay. All right. Question. Your question. You were saying is uh, regarding my relationship. Where? What should I do? Okay. So again, like I was mentioning with Deborah Joe, let's be really specific about what your question is. So, what do you want to know about your relationship? If I should um, work out, you know, do something about it, or I should separate. Okay. Um, kind of a little confused. So this is your husband you're talking about? Yes, yes. Okay, so, so let's ask the question, is it in Lydia's best interest to remain married to her husband? What's the first thing that pops into your head, as fast as you can snap your fingers? Me? What answer did you get? Uh, I just don't feel comfortable. <laughs> okay. I got a yes. It is in your mm-hmm. best interest. So okay. now that's pretty broad. Is it in your best interest to stay married? I get a yes. Is it in your best interest to live in the same house with your husband? What do you get? What's the first thing that pops into your head without thinking about it? I have because I'm selling my house. Okay, but do you get that it's in your best interest to stay living in the same house with your husband? I just see because of money, but emotionally it's difficult. Okay, so I got a yes on that too, that it's in your best interest to stay living Mm -hmm. in the same house. Now that's at this moment in time. So is it in Lydia's best interest to remain married and living in the same house with her current husband within the next year? What's the first thing that pops in your head? I just feel it's difficult. Yeah, I got to know. I got to know. It's not in your best interest. So, But let's divide Mm -hmm. that one down. Is it in Lydia's best interest to continue to stay married to her husband within the next year? I get a yes on that. Is it in Lydia's best interest to continue to live 
in the same home with her husband in the next year. I get a no on that, Lydia. Mm-hmm. So does that make any sense? Yes. Like yes, maybe for financial uh, reasons, it makes sense yes, to stay married to them but not live with them? Yeah, I think it's because I'm selling their house. So okay. when when you I'll be able to move after I sell the house. Okay. But does it make sense for you to stay married to him even if you don't live with him? Yeah, just because of maybe my religion. Because <laughs> of your religion and maybe finances yeah. too? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. All right. So that would make sense as to why we're getting those answers. Yeah. Um, and and as I was mentioning to Deborah Joe, Lydia, you can do this on your own too. And you know, and I'm happy to verify and validate what answers you're getting. But you just ask the question in your head: Is it in my best interest too? And then you finish the sentence. Mm-hmm. And then it's and the it, first thing that pops into your mind. Yeah. Another question: Is any sure. woman involved in his life? So is he having an affair? Is that what you're asking? I don't say affair, but trying any woman, you know. I don't know if it's affair or talking to her. Like, is he in I, love with another woman? I don't Maybe trying to get somebody. Okay. Is Maybe he's trying to get another woman in his life because he thinks you're leaving him? Yeah, I think he's not all right. Okay. So how about, is Lydia's husband interested in another woman, romantically interested in another woman? I'm getting a yes before that question Mm -hmm. is out. Is Mm -hmm. it in Lydia's best interest to concern herself with her husband being involved with another woman? I'm getting a no. Mm -hmm. So what that means is, yeah, it doesn't matter. Because if you don't want to be with them anyways, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So don't don't yeah. upset yourself over it. Well, the the problem is he's trying to take money from me. He, mm. Like you know, it's half half. If we, mm. but he's not he, being honest. That's why I thought maybe he has a woman, in, and I don't want to hurt my children. Yeah. You know, well, I don't. Is is New Jersey a fifty fifty state? Yes. Divorce. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, then it doesn't it doesn't really matter. But just be smart, you know, as far as where the finances are so, and where the money is. And so, is he talking with the woman or having a relationship already? I don't get he's having a relationship with another woman at the moment. So but I believe will... that there's somebody else that he's interested in. Is it somebody I know? Yes. My friend? My uh, friend? I don't get it's a friend of yours. Uh, but it's somebody I know. Mm-hmm. But the other thing, mm-hmm. and this is probably the most important thing, Lydia, as you go through this, is focus on what you want. Yes. Spending your time worrying about all this negative stuff is just mm-hmm. not going to do you any good mm-hmm. at all. Okay, so whenever you feel sad or angry or blue or whatever, think Mm -hmm. of something that makes you smile. What's something that makes you smile? 
and my children. Your children. Mm-hmm. So think of your children. Think of something that makes you smile. That's going to get you on a frequency, kind of at, at a vibrational level, where you're going to be attracting pleasant, joyful things. When you feel mm-hmm. bad about something, when you feel sad or angry or whatever, mm-hmm. that's just your that's your spirit telling you you're off course. You know, we're supposed to feel joy and feel happiness. And believe it or not, even going through something as difficult as what you're going through, if you focus on what you want, you'll Mm -hmm. be able to bring that in. So what do you want? Do you want to move someplace else? Do you want to, where do you want to live? I'm just trying maybe out of the country. Okay. So focus Mm -hmm. on where you want to live. All right. Focus Mm -hmm. on what your life is going to be like when you get there Mm -hmm. and focus on things that bring you joy. And all this Mm -hmm. other stuff you're going to see is going to take care of itself and you're going to be creating what you want. Okay. It works amazingly well. So stay, you know, stay. uh, When do you feel I may sell the house and be free? So... Will Lydia sell the house, what, in January of 2018? I get a yes. Okay. So you'll be free after January. And that's at this moment in time. So that can change. I just have another question. Should I ask for divorce or separation? So let's ask it, is it in Lydia's best interest to, um, to file for divorce? I get a no. Is it in Lydia's best interest to file for separation? I get a no on that as well, Lydia. So what should I do? Well, what I'm getting is sell the house and then let's revisit it. Okay. Okay, because that's all at this moment in time. And there's other pieces of the puzzle that have to come into place first before you you do any of that other stuff is what I'm getting right now. Does that make sense? Should I trust him with money or he's trying... I get a no. <laughs> I got a no. I shouldn't trust him, right? No, that's, no. That's what he proved me. Yeah, yeah. So, so is, is he trying to hide money from me? Yes. He oh, is. my God. I, I and I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to need to let you go because I've got some other callers mm-hmm. I want to get to. But but Thank you know what? You. you are so welcome. And um, and Thank schedule you. a private consult if you want, and we'll have a whole yes. hour, and we can go through I know. all these questions. I, I, I tried to do that. Thank okay. you so much. Right. Thank you, Lydia. Okay, take bye care. Bye-bye. Happy holiday. Bye-bye. Thank bye. you. You too. Bye-bye. All righty. Most of us have busy lives and we know that we're not getting the nutrients and the vitamins and the minerals that we need. So I'm always looking for easy ways to ingest them. I found one, it's called Beam Minerals. And what I find is that most of us don't get enough potassium, magnesium, and calcium. Those are the big three. And so what Beam Minerals does is it's put all these minerals in a liquid form that's easy to drink because it tastes like water. It's got all these important minerals and a whole bunch of other ones. And I find that they're really helpful. They save me time. They're easy to take. And I suggest that you give them a try. Go to Beam Minerals. B as in boy, E-A-M, 
minerals, plural.com and use the code Julie Ryan altogether, no space at checkout and you'll get 20% off your order. That's beam minerals, B-E-A-M minerals.com and use Julie Ryan at checkout and you'll get a 20% discount. Give it a try and let me know what you think. We do this show every Thursday night and uh, it's at 8 Eastern, 7 Central and 5 Pacific. And you can find this information in a variety of places being, first of all, on my site, AskJulieRyan.com. If you scroll down to the bottom of the homepage, you'll see uh, all this call-in information in the time zones and everything. Also, wherever you download podcasts, uh, it's in the show notes, and uh, you can find that there. So I think we're distributed on, oh gosh, close, close to 40 outlets. So you can find it in the show notes. Uh, I send a blog out every Thursday morning. And if you go on my site again, AskJulieRyan.com and you sign up for my blog, just put in your first name and your email. And it's a question that somebody has submitted online. I answer it. And then in the body of the email are these call-in times and and numbers. Uh, Also on social media, on uh, every day when I do a show, I will post something on Instagram and on Facebook, and you can follow me at Ask Julie Ryan, both of those places. On Facebook, friend me, just send a friend request, and I'll, I'll accept you, and then you'll see, and I'll, and I'll post the times and call in and everything. And then as of this week, you guys, we are now on YouTube. So you can go to YouTube and type in Ask Julie Ryan. We have a channel. I have a channel. I have a YouTube channel. How cool is that? And uh, we're uploading all of the podcasts. So you can hear them there. And um, all the call-in information, again, is in the show notes there, too. So please call in sometime, and uh, I'd love to talk with you. Speaking of questions that are submitted online, here's one from Diane, and she lives in Meridian, Idaho. And she asked, Hi, Julie. I was wondering if any of my deceased pets are with me here in spirit or did they go into the light? Thanks. And here's my response. Hi, Diane. Great question. One, and it's one that all animal lovers wonder about. The answer is, our pets' spirits remain with us for eternity and they're also, as you called it, in the light, in in heaven. When a person dies and returns to non-physical form, he or she has the ability to be in many places all at the same time, and so do animals. All of our pet spirits are around us all of the time, and especially as we approach death. They appear in phase seven of the 12 phases of transition. That's what our first caller, Deborah Jo, was talking about with her aunt, that her aunt couldn't, she wasn't coherent enough to know that the family was in the room, but she was talking to one of her deceased pets and she could see their little, that pets, it was probably a little dog or something, that pet spirit was in the room and she kept calling to have that dog come over and and, uh, come closer to her. So that happens all the time you guys, um, that these pets are in the, in the room as we approach death. I went on to say, over the years, as I've had the privilege of helping many families with a dying loved one, it's been rare not to see animal spirits in the room. Spirits of dogs, cats, birds, horses, pigs, cows, and various farm animals, along with many other species, all form a type of honor guard, which along with the human spirits present, make up what I call the Welcome to Heaven Committee. When my husband's aunt 
Aunt Ruby was dying. Uh, it's the first time I saw farm animals. And I was talking to her daughter, Lynn, and I said, Lynn, she's got like cows and, you know, horses and chicks and ducks and pigs and stuff. Their little spirits are in her, in her room. And she said, well, those were all her, her pets because she grew up on a farm. So I thought that was wild. That was probably 15 years ago now, and I've seen it many times since, but that just cracked me up. I thought that was wild. I went on to say, best of all, you don't have to die to experience your beloved pet's spirits. Rather, you can and most likely do feel, hear, and see them right now. If you thought you felt your deceased pet snuggle up next to you, you did. If you thought you heard your deceased pet, you did. And if you thought you saw a glimpse of your deceased pet out of the corner of your eye, you did. Likewise, if other animals seem to be moving their head from one side to another, focused on something invisible, as if they're watching something cross the room, they really are. And if your pet doesn't seem to be upset about this phenomenon, it's probably because they're familiar with the deceased pet from when it was alive. Animals, like all of us, are naturally intuitive. So... Keep an open mind because the more you trust your intuitive senses, the stronger and more accurate they'll become. So Diane from Meridian, Idaho, thanks so much for that question. And that, that was just a terrific question. We used to uh, babysit this little Yorkie named Lexi for our friends of ours. And, and that dog, I swear, was psychic dog because she'd sit in our media room and her little head, she weighed five pounds, and her little head was just turn from side to side very slowly like she was watching something cross the room and um and it was a riot and and then I'd turn my radar on and I'd see what spirit was in there and invariably it was some spirit you know that was in the room and I don't have my radar on so I didn't detect him but boy that little dog knew that it was there knew that they were there so that was really fun so anyways we all have the ability you guys your, your deceased pets, your deceased loved ones are around you all the time. All right, let's go to our next caller, and I believe it's Linda. Hi, Linda. Hi, Julie. It's so nice to speak to you. Nice to talk with you. Please tell everybody where you're calling from. Orlando, Florida. Orlando. How's Mickey? <laughs> it's great. Happiest place on earth. <laughs> oh, I know, especially at the holidays. The decorations are fabulous, aren't they? Yes, it is nice down here, especially the weather this time of year. Yeah, I have a, a um, sofa table behind our couch in our family room, and, and it has all of my son's Santa pictures on it. And we lived in L.A. for a long time, and he was born in L.A. And we went to Disneyland when he was two, and he got his picture taken with Santa at Disneyland. And, oh, my gosh, that Santa is so gorgeous, that picture, and the the throne that he's in is so gorgeous, you know, typical Disney. And that's one of yeah. my favorite Santa pictures for him. So, well, good. Well, how may I help you this evening? Got a question for me? I do. Um, so I learned about you through a friend of mine. She went to one of your book signings and got your book and you signed it. Um, and she mailed it to me just recently. Oh, uh, my father. Yeah, my father passed away earlier this year, so I have two questions. The first one's one you probably don't get as often. I've been listening to all your old podcasts online, which is great oh, if thanks. I can hear all the old ones. I have a question about my home. Um, yeah. I live in a town home. I love my town home. Last year, I had a water leak. It caused a mold issue. We thought we had figured out what the source of the water was, and then now here a year later, 
I've had another water leak. I've had multiple mm-hmm. experts come out. No one can tell me where the water is coming from. Oh, they geez. think it's coming. Yeah, they think it's coming from like up underneath the foundation, but yet right. there's no pipes under there. So oh, I was geez. just wondering if you could scan my home and tell me anything about my home. And then sure. if we have time, I have a quick question about my dad. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, you, you know, the thing about down where you are, Linda, got those sinkholes and stuff, the water table so high that, yeah. you know, that's a little disconcerting. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to raise my vibrational level to the level of spirit. I'm going to watch a laser beam come from my body here in Birmingham, Alabama. It's going to go hook into you in Orlando, and then I'm going to get a vision of your home in my head, and let's see if we can figure out where the leak is coming through, coming from. So here we go. Laser beams heading to you, heading southeast. Okay, got you, got your house. Okay, as I'm looking at your house from the front, I'm seeing there's an issue in the back left corner. Oh my God, you're right. That's exactly, that is exactly where the water's coming in. You're absolutely correct. Yeah, I can see that 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 room is where the problem is. And do you have carpeting in that room? Not anymore. I had no okay. floors, and now it's yeah. all the way down to the concrete. Okay, you tore there it up. There used to be. The, the people that lived here before me, they had carpet, but I took the mm-hmm. carpet out. Okay, good. Good move. Good move. All right, let me see. Again, it's like the water seeping in through the cement, isn't it? And, yeah. it, and I, don't, I don't see cracks, but it's like there's still moisture coming in from... Uh, into the cement. All right. So what's in that room? Is it a bedroom? It's a living room. It's a downstairs living room. All right. Okay. Let's see. And it's coming from that back corner. So you've got windows on that back wall, right? I do. They, You're right. They, yeah. They're full yeah. sliding glass windows. Sliding yeah. glass. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. Big ones. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of light coming in there. All right. I think... What I'm seeing is, you know, when there's a foundation of a house, they'll put, um, I don't know what they're called, but it's basically, it's basically this uh, tubing that has holes in it to evacuate mm-hmm. the water around the perimeter of the house. You need yeah. new, you need new, whatever that's called. Okay. Um, so ask your builder, and in that corner, you need new, new whatever that tubing is um okay. and it and it looks like a black plastic hose and it's pretty good uh-huh. size it's probably maybe eh, six or eight inches in diameter but it has holes in it and mm-hmm. so it's it's perimeter drainage it causes okay. perimeter drainage you're not you're not draining accurately from that back left corner Okay. And that's what's okay. going on. I don't think it's coming from underneath. I think it's coming from your irrigation system and all of that. And it's just gotcha. not, it's, it's supposed to drain away from the house. It's not doing it in that corner. Now, okay. let me, I'm going to check it real fast for mold while I got you on the phone here. Mm. And um, check your website. I had You've mold and, and yeah, yeah, hopefully we treated it all. Hopefully you don't see yeah. any left. So I'm seeing some mold as I'm looking at your house. I'm seeing some mold in that back corner down near the bottom, both on the left wall in the corner and also on the back wall. So, um, okay. and it's in the drywall. Yeah. Okay. okay. So it's behind the drywall. So yeah. I don't know. Do you have an <laughs> attic space above that? What do you have above that? Um, it's a vaulted ceiling. And the problem I had last year with my neighbors had a main water leak, the neighbor on that mm-hmm. side of the house. 
when the water dripped into that wall that you're seeing, there was mold all in that wall. So we opened up the wall, treated the mold, closed the wall back up. But if you're still seeing mold, that means that we didn't get it all. I am. I am. And it's down near the bottom where that foundation is not evacuating. So. In the in the short run, until you can get that remediated, I would get one of those air purifiers. You know, one of those tall ones that that mm-hmm. turns kind of vast. Yeah, you know, goes from side to side. I would get one of those. I would let it run twenty four seven to okay. keep those mold spores at bay. But I th- okay. you'll be able to fix this. You'll be able to fix it. Okay. It's just a you know, it's a, okay. it's a foundational drainage issue. That's fascinating that you can see that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And you said you had a wow. quick question about your dad. I do. So um, my dad died very unexpectedly in January, and I'd oh, like sorry. to ask him a question. Yeah. And the, the question is, um, the way that we've pieced together how he, how he died, is our guess correct? Okay. Tell me his name. My, my dad's name is Paul. Paul. And how do you think he died? A tornado hit his home. Oh, wow. And I... And I believe he was standing in the window, which is very unusual for my father because he always warned me when storms come to go get in an interior room, get away from the window. But I'm guessing that he didn't see it coming. He heard a noise, didn't realize what it was, went to look out the window, and it was too late. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing him getting hit in the head by like this big, almost like a two by four, like a beam was- or something. Yeah, he, we believe what happened. He was standing in the window when the windows blew out. It blew him around the corner and he hit the back. You're absolutely correct. He died from blunt force trauma on the back of his head. Mm-hmm. And I think he That's hit the seeing. mantle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he hit, he hit like the back of his head on the mantle. And then as the house collapsed, he collapsed in with the house. Oh, I'm so sorry. Goodness. Yeah, but he's with you all the time. His spirit's with you right now. He's standing to your right, and um, he's with you all the time. You can talk to him at any moment that you choose. Again, what you heard me talk about with Lydia and Deborah Joe, our other callers, is you ask him something in your head. You talk to him in your head. His answer is going to be the first thing that pops into your head. If you think about it for more than a couple of seconds, Linda, that's going to be your brain answering you. All right? Okay. Yeah, I've been practicing um, it, like you said. Yeah. Um, Yeah. is, Is there a certain sign that he gives? When he's around? All right. I just report what I get, and I get whenever you see a moth. <laughs> doesn't sound very romantic, but it's a moth. A moth. Okay. A moth. Whenever you see a moth in the light, you know, in a house, anywhere you see a moth, he's sending, he's, you know, that's the sign to know that he's around you. And okay. I, know in, I know in Central Florida there are lots of moths. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been seeing a lot of um unusual animals like a hawk when we um buried him yeah. a few weeks ago i finally buried his ashes there was a hawk yeah. and then a yeah. couple of days later i saw a hawk and i didn't know if that was maybe him yeah no i'm getting moth i got moth so okay you know <laughs> i hope you don't have any infestation right. of moths but um but anyways all well, right thank you so much for calling and good luck thank with you. your house and happy holidays thank you very much julie okay take Bye-bye. care bye-bye I believe our next caller is Kimmy. Hi, Kimmy. Hey, Julie. How are you? Merry Christmas. How are you, girl? Merry Christmas to you. Oh, I'm okay. Um, Good. Please tell everybody where you're calling from. 
Oh, from uh, uh, from from freezing New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I we'll see how much longer. Getting... We'll see how much longer I last here. <laughs> I saw that you guys are getting like some Canadian cold express or something coming oh down. Oh my god! Uh, Sunday last Sunday we had a 5K called the I Run for Donuts race. It's like this big 5K, 2,500 people run, and it was. Uh, 26, but then felt like 19 when we ran. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, no wonder they have you sign up for this in August because you're not realizing (laughs) that you're going to be running when your hands are freezing off. (laughs) But, but it's just, it's just with the hope of getting donuts, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they offer donuts every mile. And at the end, there's hot chocolate and coffee and Oh, there were so many people, we didn't even get any donuts. So we got our medals oh. and we left. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, well. Well, you got a question for me? I do, actually. Um, actually, it's kind of twofold, but my first question was going to be about Guinness because he has since passed, actually. And tell everybody um, who Guinness is. So Guinness is my chocolate lab. Yeah. And he was 13 and a half. Okay. And... Um, so it's kind of interesting, Julie. I have to say, um, he didn't start, like, losing his bowels um, like he thought that he might, like, mm-hmm. in the house. But actually, that is what happened to Kalua, um, mm-hmm. his sister. But um, I have to tell you, because I wouldn't have known what was happening if it weren't, weren't for our experience and you telling me things that are important, um, you know, that have to happen. But... Um, I came back, I was away in South Carolina with a race with friends and I got back on a uh, Monday, Monday afternoon and Guinness was fine. And then Monday night he was having difficulty breathing. Uh. And so I was trying to calm him down because I didn't quite know what to do. And then I called the vets in the morning and, uh, and the vet said, well, is he, you know, is his tongue blue or anything, these things happening? And I'm like, no, no, not really. He's actually fine. Um, I'm like, he just, you know, is having a little bit of difficulty. And so, um, you know, and, and then he was fine. Like, he ate. And then Tuesday night, it, it started again, but it was bad. Like, it got a little worser. Worser? Is that a word? Um, <laughs> and where he couldn't breathe and... Um, like I took a video of it actually and emailed it to my vet and said, you know, what do you think? And she said, oh gosh, you'd be doing him a service by letting him go because he really is having real difficulty breathing. And so Wednesday morning I was like, okay, well, I'll call and make the appointment. I'll make it for 3.30 in the afternoon um, when, you know, Dr. Amenti can fit me in. But you know what? I was like, huh. I should probably go next door because my neighbor Kathy's like a mom to me. And I was like, I should probably let her know that Guinea Man's going to go to heaven here in, you know, the next couple of days. Or I wasn't sure when it was going to be. Uh-huh. And um, so I literally went and got Kathy. And then my other girlfriend called me on the phone and said, you know, if you need help going to the vet later, I'll, I'll be with you. And I'm on the phone with her. And Kathy comes over to say, you know, farewell to gay man and she says goodbye to him and pets him and she goes but kim he he really seems like 
you know, he really can't breathe right now. And I go, oh, go, oh, gosh, no, Kath, he's fine. He's fine. I'm like, he was kind of fine this morning. And she goes, no, no, I think you might want to go sooner. And I get off the phone with Jen and holy mackerel, it was like Guinea Man needed to say goodbye to Kathy. And then he was ready to go because he immediately started to not be able to breathe. And his tongue did start to turn blue. Uh-huh. And I put the leash on him and I brought him out to the car and he didn't want to get in. And, um, you know, I was actually in his heyday, like when we lived in Beverly Hills, he weighed 89 pounds. Uh-huh. And here when I picked him up and put him in the car uh, that Tuesday or that Wednesday, he was 73 pounds, you know, uh-huh. um, you know, it was a lot less. And um, so it was exactly like kind of what you say that needs to happen like um their what their requirements of of things that they need before they go and then they're ready and Uh i honestly like after it all happened i was like whoa did that all just happen this morning and um i put him in the car and um my neighbor went with me because she didn't have to work and then we got to the vets and we could start walking in and guinea man goes, oh, shit, mom, I, I hate it here. We got to go. And I'm like, uh, no, gee, we, we actually can't go today, honey. We have to, like, be here. So then we went into the room where, you know, Kalua got put to sleep. And guinea man was very anxious, and he actually had, like, panic in his eyes. It was really, uh, it was very sad because he was like, mom, I don't know what's going on with me. And I was like, I know you don't, guinea man. And the vet came in and we gave him a little bit of medication to help with his throat and his breathing, uh-huh. but it really was very labored. And then she said, Kim, I'm going to give him the propofol. And I said, okay. And I knew that that would make him relax, but like relax and like almost sleep. And I kind of was waiting on the propofol because I was waiting to say my goodbyes. And then she said, well, Kim, we need to, we gave him the propofol and he did relax and finally wasn't having anxiety anymore. And then I did put him to sleep and it was amazing because we put him to sleep and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that really just happened. And on his face, Julie was like, even my neighbor was so astonished, like just this look of peace. on his Oh, wonderful. It was like, Oh, it was a beautiful. And then, um, you know, and then they made a little, footprint of his paw and then um and then the um you know the vets I told them that I wanted to get a um necropsy done so I would know what was going on and he actually did have a three and a half by four and a half inch tumor on his spleen but that actually wasn't causing any difficulty as of yet it was really the breathing Kimmy, yeah. I've got I got a couple minutes left. So do you yeah, have yeah. a question for him that you want me to ask in the couple minutes we have remaining? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I, it was just so detailed because I just was amazed at him really needing to say goodbye to my neighbor, and then he was ready okay. to go. Is okay. um, you know, I kind of know this already, but you know, is he finally now you know out of pain, and is he with um Kalua and Ellen? Yep. Yep. And he's with, and most importantly, he's with you all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Kalua, your other dog who, yeah. who died recently. And so is uh-huh. your friend Elle. Yeah. They're all with you all the my, time. They're all together. I know, they're my, 
They're my Santa Barbara family. I would have never thought they would have all like been gone already, you know? Well, and it's interesting that they all went in such close time, such close time, a close time frame. That's what I'm trying to say. I know. So, you know, you know what, Kimmy, I see that as, um, new adventures, you know, Santa Barbara was great. Living in California was great. Now you're back yeah. in the tundra, the freezing cold, but new, ad- new <laughs> right adventures, now. new adventures, new, yeah. you know, but the cool thing is they're always with you and they're going to be with you on your new adventures as well. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, oh, I'm sorry that you lost him. I know how important he was to you. I love to see yeah. him. Yeah. You yeah. sound like an alcoholic. You're naming your your dogs after booze. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know, I know but they kind of name themselves too, you know. Hilarious. Hilarious. Well, yeah. I hope you have a wonderful holiday and um and thanks for sharing that story with all of us. What a what a yeah, sure. Thing. sure. Well, thank you Julie for just letting us know kind of the process of when someone's passing away cuz I wouldn't have understand what was happening um, with Guinness. As soon as he saw my neighbor, he was like, okay, I'm ready to go. I needed to say goodbye to her, you know? Oh, good. Within an good. instant, it happened, Julie. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thanks yeah, so much thank for coming in. Have a wonderful holiday. Yeah. Okay, oh, take you care. Too. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody, we are out of time. To the other callers that I didn't get to, my apologies. Please call back in next week, and I'll take you first. And uh, and to all of you, thank you so much for joining us again this week. It's so fun. What a, what an honor and a privilege for me to get to talk to everybody that calls in and and to you know, share their lives in such a small little teeny way. But, um, but what a, what a uh, privilege it is for me to do that. Follow me on uh, Instagram at Ask Julie Ryan. Send me a friend request on Facebook, Ask Julie Ryan. Sign up for um, uh, a subscription, I think it is, on YouTube for the podcast. And uh, and you can download the podcast anywhere that you download podcasts. So lots of different outlets. So as everybody's getting ready for the holidays, enjoy this time. It's I know it's hectic. I know it's a lot of work. But if you are dreading doing something, put on some fun holiday music and, and just make whatever you're dreading, make it fun. You can always make it fun and, uh, and you'll benefit by it. So thanks everybody. Take care. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow Julie on Instagram and YouTube at Ask Julie Ryan and like her on Facebook at Ask Julie Ryan. To schedule an appointment or submit a question, please visit AskJulieRyan.com. This show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be medical, psychological, financial, or legal advice. Please contact a licensed professional. The Ask Julie Ryan Show, Julie Ryan and all parties involved in producing, recording, and distributing it assume no responsibility for listeners' actions based on any information heard on this or any Ask Julie Ryan shows or podcasts.